Hey there, friends and foes. Good morning, multiverse. This is Back of the Cereal Box, the pop culture podcast that celebrates the fun of the Saturday mornings of our youth. I am your host, the prophet of pop culture, John Pike. You can call me Johnny. And Avengers comic books, Star Wars movies, and Saturday morning cartoons made me who I am today. And joining me in the virtual rec room is your wife's favorite redhead, cosplayer and artist extraordinaire, Aubrey Cabot. Good morning. Aubrey is a fan of all things geekdom, especially comic books lately. You're getting into comic books in a big, big way. But this morning... Bad, bad, bad. You guys are all a bad example. You're all making me go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> I love it. And this morning, we've already had our breakfast cereal. We've already mm -hmm. done some taste tests. We've already shown off the prizes from the cereal box and if you're listening and you don't know what we're talking about you need to tune into our live stream and mm -hmm. see it on youtube or facebook and coming soon aubrey we will be live streaming to instagram as well that's coming in 2024 but this morning we are here to talk about the greatest animated movie of all time disney's the little mermaid now, Aubrey, last mm -hmm. week I had stated on air that The Little Mermaid is my all-time favorite animated movie, and you were shocked. You were very surprised by this. I was, I was, I was baffled. I, I was, it was Armageddon in my brain with of arguments. I'm like, I wanted to start right there, but I have been patiently, actually not patiently. I'm on the edge of my seat, Johnny. I have to know how on earth. This is your like I can't even I'm no I'm not honestly I haven't even taken it seriously except to be like what so please 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 tell All me all right well before we before we get to that uh explanation the little mermaid the tale of the tape uh the little mermaid is a 1989 uh American animated musical fantasy film produced by Walt Disney feature animation and it was released by Walt Disney Pictures. It is loosely based on the 1837 Danish fairy tale of the same name, The Little Mermaid by Hans Christian Andersen. The film was written and directed by John Musker and Ron Clements and produced by Musker and Howard Ashman, who also wrote the film's songs with Alan Menken. Menken also composed the film's score, featuring the voices of Rene Abergenes, Christopher Daniel Barnes, Jody Benson, Pat Carroll, Patty Edwards, Buddy Hackett, Jason Marin, Kath, uh, Kenneth Mars, Ben Wright, Samuel E. Wright. The, the Little Mermaid tells the story of a teenage mermaid princess named Ariel who mm. dreams of becoming a human and falls in love with a human prince named Eric, which leads her to make a magical deal with the sea witch Ursula to become human and to be with him, Eric. And yes, this is my all-time favorite animated movie. I could watch this over and over and over again. And I want to say that I actually got the score. Um, I bought the soundtrack to this before the movie actually came out. Because back in the day, they would pre-release movie soundtracks or 
uh, Broadway soundtracks before the actual production hit the stage or, or hit the screens. And so I had the film score soundtrack with all of the songs and I learned it all. I heard it all. I fell in love with the music before I even saw the movie. And then when I saw the movie in the theaters, it just coalesced everything in. And, you know, I come from a musical theater background. We don't talk about that a whole lot here, but, you know, I've performed in 10,000 musical performances, um, including um, a couple of Broadway tours and off Broadway. And, um, you know, I love musicals to begin with. So, and I love Saturday morning cartoons and animation. So this was the perfect marriage. But in 1989, Disney was really, they were almost bankrupt. They were on the verge. And uh, Jeffrey Katzenberger uh, greenlit The Little Mermaid. And, um, you know, initially, he, he was not on board with this movie because it was so similar to the 1984 film Splash, which was also produced by uh, Disney, uh, their, their um, Touchstone Pictures, that, which owns, uh, uh, is owned by Disney. And um, a lot of the staff was working on Oliver and Company, which came out in 1988. And... Mm -hmm it was not the smash success that they were hoping for. And the original Little Mermaid story by Hans Christian Andersen is not happy. It's a tragedy because uh, the mermaid doesn't lose her voice to the sea witch. She has her tongue cut out. Um, and it's very dark. It's very gruesome. It's not a happy story. And it doesn't have a happy ending. So Jeffrey Katzenberger of Disney, he was like, I don't know, this is a big gamble. But the gamble worked because this was a smash hit. It was a cultural phenomenon and it resurrected Disney from the grave and it elevated Disney to new heights and ushered in a new renaissance of animation in America. Um, and, uh, you know, the animation was flawless. The performances were flawless. Um, I mean, look, Pat Carroll, who did Ursula the Sea Witch, brilliant performance. Uh, Jody Benson was the perfect choice for Ariel, the Little Mermaid. Oh, yes, and, she was. Oh, yes. My favorite part about the whole movie. Yeah. And Christopher Daniel Barnes should be familiar to fans of Spider-Man... 97. He was the voice of Peter Parker and Spider-Man in the Marvel animated series. He was Prince Eric in this movie. Nice. So this thing had just so much going for it. It was a perfectly written story, perfectly uh, paced story. The animation was gorgeous. But you know what really made me a fan? Uh, it's this, this scene right here. That still, that moment. Those eyes, that hair, that <laughs> smile, it just, listen, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I had a crush on Ariel. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes. 
And here we have Ursula the Sea Witch. Um, there you see her. Possible she wants you to. This is Kiss the Girl. Um, love that. Um, King Neptune. Um, mm. And and so this is a story, Aubrey, about a, a teenage girl who her mother is out of the picture. We don't yeah. know. Yes, her mother passed away. Her mother passed well, away. That's, well, that's their mother. I don't think, yeah, I don't think that's ever actually said in the movie, but um, mom is gone and mm -hmm. dad is raising seven daughters of Triton on his own. And all of the other girls are, you know, they, they, they're they very complacent, not com complicit to father's wishes. Whatever daddy says goes, except for Ariel. Ariel ha has this wanderlust she wants to explore. I want to be where the people are. I want to see, want to see them dancing. She wants to go explore and become a part of the human world. Yeah. And so she makes this deal with Ursula the Sea Witch. And Ursula steals her voice. And she uh, gives her legs, makes her human in exchange for her voice. And she has three days. She Without, is the youngest too, though. Yes. I will say. She, so, you know, they usually get into a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and she's a redhead. The oh, only redhead hey. of the bunch. <laughs> um, and uh, that's part of the reason why I loved her so much. I, I have a soft spot for redheads, uh, just <laughs> FYI. Um, but, um, you know, she's given three days to make Eric fall in love with her. And to have first love's kiss. Okay. And and if and if she fails, she has no voice. Mm -hmm. She has no voice to so everything she has to do to win his affection, she has to do, you know, just with her expressions, with her eyes, her physicality. And um she's almost there. She's this close. And Ursula does not want to lose the bet because if mm -hmm. Ariel fails, Ursula claims her soul mm -hmm. and adds her to her garden of poor unfortunate souls. And um, so she's this close to getting Eric to fall in love with her. And Ursa transforms herself into a gorgeous princess mm -hmm. and shows up at the palace steps and hypnotizes Eric and Eric proposes to Ursula instead of Ariel mm -hmm. dun, dun, dun. and Ariel has to figure out a way to reverse that spell to kiss Eric before the sun goes down or the sun comes up I can't remember which one and there's a giant conflict and we'll leave it at that. You go see the movie to uh, find out the rest of the D. I, I will just tell you this. It does end exactly the way you want it to. But um, Buddy Hackett plays the voice of the uh, albatross um, who uh, tells Ariel that a fork is a dinglehopper. It's a dinglehopper. And he puts it in his feathers and uses it like a comb. And... Um, She's the every time she finds a treasure, she takes it to him uh, to mm -hmm. um, 
have him assess what it is and he has no clue. But anyway, uh, love this film. I love this movie. I could watch it over and over and over. And on my ranking of animated movies, it is number one. Now, ha has animation even improved since then? Yes. Um, but at this point, it was the pinnacle of animated movies. And I am still going to say, like many people consider Batman the Animated Series the pinnacle of Batman and Saturday morning animation, I'm going to call The Little Mermaid the pinnacle of animated movie musicals, the, the pinnacle of animated movies. There you go. Questions? Comments? Okay, yeah, I'm I'm just very confused. I'm, I'm still confused. Um, so, okay, so my takeaway, um, is I, th I still think it's adorable that it's your favorite movie. Um, so did you see it the year it came out? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Then and it was instantly your favorite, or is it just been oh, like, yeah. uh, wow? Okay. Yeah. Instantly. Okay. And and so it came out in 1989. I was a mm -hmm. senior in high school, and so a bunch of us from the theater department went and saw it together. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw it with Valerie Davidson. Valerie, if you're watching, because we're still friends, I was, listen, I was head over heels in love with Valerie Davidson. And um, we saw a bunch of movies together that summer. We saw The Untouchables and we Ooh. saw The Little Mermaid the same summer. Um, okay. But um, a, a group of us went from the theater department and I, I just, I instantly fell in love with it. And um, I was doing a production that after this came out, then like uh, this came out in uh, what month? It was, uh, it should be here on on uh, Wikipedia. But later that summer, okay, it came out in November. So the next summer, um, I was doing a summer theater production of Annie, the, the musical Annie. I was playing, it was, I was playing Daddy Warbucks in that production. Um, and we had a cast party and at the cast party, we played a game called Encore. Anyone who has ever played Encore, you know how much fun it is, but it's more fun when everybody playing the game is musical. They're musicians yes. or singers or, um, yes. um, because it's a, it's a, a song lyric battle. You go back and forth and you mm -hmm. have to sing the lyrics. Eight, oh, eight, that sounds like so much fun. Yeah, eight words from a song with a keyword in it. Well, this game of Encore, every song was either from The Little Mermaid or from Les Miserables, Ooh. which had come out a few years <laughs> earlier. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a marathon game of Encore. And it was, oh my gosh, it was so much fun. But yeah, everyone was singing The Little Mermaid. It, this was on everybody's lips in the theater community back in 1989. Yeah, big ballads, big ballads. So for me, um, I was nine uh, when this came out. Okay. Um, and uh, as a ginger, um, not officially a redhead, technically I'm a ginger. This is extra added for costuming. Um, I, I fell in love with it instantly because um, just a lot of things, a lot of things, a lot of girls that like this uh, have daddy issues. Um, because the profane thing that uh, 
that a lot of young women um, who saw this from a very impressionable age, I think, can say. Um, and, and correct me in the um, comments if, if I'm wrong, but honestly, uh, daddy issues. This, this whole thing is about this young woman proving, stretching her legs, tail, legs, um, and proving that she can be something other than the king's daughter. Um, as you said, she, she was antsy, um, but she was already interested in the human world before she met Eric. So even though like the purveying theme in the back of this is this big romance, honestly, this is really about this young woman proving that she really wants something and, and showing that she can go after it. Um, and also proving to the king, Triton, and other merfolk that human beings are not all crap. That we aren't all evil barbarians that are ready to fry them up and, you know, not pretend they're not, you know, sentient at all. <laughs> well, and and to that point, though, that that theme of, you know, a young uh, a young woman, but it could be a young man. Because mm -hmm. I, as a boy, I was in the same place. So my my dad wanted me to join the family business, to build the business and, you know, be a part of, and, and that was not my thing. Mm -hmm. I was, I was a creative, I was an actor, singer, dancer. I wanted to perform on stage. That one, that was my dream. Mm -hmm. And so this story really resonated with me because I was in the same pl place that Ariel was. I was trying to stretch my wings, trying to find my own legs in my own way and not just capitulate to what dad wanted. So it didn't just speak to women, it spoke to guys too, okay. in the same way, because the theme is universal in that regards. All right, all right. What do you think, Johnny, about the fact that um, there was so much saving going on in, in the story? Because there was a lot of saving. Not only did, did Ariel save Eric, but Eric saved, uh, at the end, saved basically everybody from Ursula's tyrannical, um, polyp changing, turning everybody into those gross little polyps. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's part, that, that's a universal theme too. Um, you know, that's um, part of the hero's journey where, you know, the hero goes on a journey to become what they already are. You know, we talked about that last week with the land before time and Petrie um, kind of, you know, personifying that idea. Ariel had to go on a journey to become what she already was. And that was, you know, a strong, can-do, face-any-challenge person. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, I don't, I don't find that to be like, like a standout trait of the movie. Um, I, I think I know where you're going. In 1989, female characters weren't the heroes. They they typically weren't the ones saving the day. Um, even in the earlier Disney princess movies, they were always being rescued by a prince. And in this case, the tables were turned and Ariel was the one ultimately responsible for everybody's rescue. Yes, because honestly, if she had not saved Eric, none of that would have happened. That's right. He had not fought to be in the human world, they would have never figured out that Ursula was being so subversive that she was literally trying to kill the whole royal family, you know? Um, so yeah, in, in this case, it really did allow 
a young girl that seemed kind of vapid with a lot of the her intentions um to to not just spread her wings but become more brave and and more solidified in her idea of what she wanted to be um and it didn't i like that it did not make her the only hero though i i like that at the end eric got to redeem humanity um and show that you know there there are humans of quality um but i also i also love the the, the comedy that's in here um you know if people see it as a romance or you know a kids movie yeah it's a kids movie but the, but the funny parts in it you know though they are not like super super adult there is some stuff in there that if you're really watching you can catch um and there's you know there's stuff for the adults because it talks about how teenagers and kids you know if they really want to they will do just about anything to get what they want well um, so so let's talk about that for a minute so um you know scuttle the the uh, albatross the seagull that mm -hmm. um ariel visits on a regular basis was really kind of a representation of that favorite uncle that you have that know-it-all uncle that no matter what they say they say it with confidence and authority they might be full of crap but you know scuttle was like no that's this is a <laughs> you know and and everyone has that uncle um but no that, no i know i know i'm telling you i'm telling yeah. you kid <laughs> yeah and and but he was a real confidant to <laughs> to ariel and everyone has that confidant mm -hmm. so it speaks to those relationships and then sebastian who was oh. the the crab the royal vizier who loved ariel desperately like he his did. own daughter he did but he and he was conflicted because he was tasked to be ariel's guardian and mm -hmm. she he had to follow her around and you know he was supposed to report back to triton <laughs> and he didn't until it was almost too late. Um, but, you know, when I was a kid, um, I don't want to say my dad had spies, but my dad wouldn't, wanted to always know what was going on. And so he was always getting reports from someone and somewhere. Ooh. So, you know, in a lot of ways, Sebastian really represents the older brother to Ariel. Um, and then Flounder her best friend, the fish, is is equatable to the eternal, um, the eternal youth, the eternal child, because he's the just best wingman. Yeah, he's just going to follow her to the ends of the earth, and he's <laughs> he's not going to instigate any of the trouble, but he's really not going to do anything to stop it either. He might say, uh, "Ariel, do you think we should really do?" Okay. Yeah. And, um, He's like, wait, wait, wait. oh well, sure. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, by the way, in 2022, this film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as what? being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Yes, yes, and yes. Wow! Wow! Now, there's been some controversy around this movie. Do you know about some of the controversy, Aubrey? Mm, about the About that one? The original? The cartoon? Yeah, no, the I did not. 
So, um, speaking of adult themes, oh, apparently that, the cover uh, art. Well, it's not just the cover <laughs> art. It's actually in the frames. Mm -hmm. um, some of the animators decided it would be funny to render some of the buildings of the Mermaid, Mermaid City, first day with my new tongue, as um, phalluses, mm. erect mm -hmm. phalluses. We'll just put it that way. Kids, ask your parents. No, um, no. <laughs> and... Um, and and this, there were, was an angry artist, and he was just pulling a prank. And it and you, you <laughs> don't drop those things on. We have a young person watching this movie. <laughs> now I could talk about this movie for ages. It, it did have a follow up, a direct a direct to video um, release, a sequel, uh, Little Mermaid two, which focused on Ariel and Eric's daughter Melody. Um, and then it was adapted in 2018, or I'm sorry, 2008, into a Broadway stage musical. Oh, 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 the stage musical um, did not let Eric do the final battle, apparently. Oh, I did. You know what? I've never seen it on stage, uh, which either. is strange to think about. But um, and then it, and it began performances on Broadway January 10th, 2008, starring Sierra Bogus. Um, and then in 2019, uh, ABC, as part of the wonderful world of Disney, did a live musical stage uh, presentation. It wasn't the full Broadway musical, but it was more like a stage reading, uh, which had Queen Latifah play Ooh. the uh, the uh, Sea Witch. And I then, love that. I love that. And then in 2023, earlier this year, there was a live action film adaptation by Rob Marshall starring Halle Berry or Halle Bailey. Okay, um, yes, yes. And um, that, <laughs> that was a great adaptation. Um, really good. They added some new music. They took away one song, which I was really disappointed by. One of the best songs in the movie, in the original movie, was Les Poissons. Les Poissons, Les Poissons. Oh, oh, yes. Wait, they took away one of Sebastian's songs. Well, it was the cook, but you know, he was I trying know. to chop up. But Sebastian up, had uh, an active battle yeah, during that yeah. song. That was hilarious. The the music the, the, this, Yeah, there is a scene where he's in the kitchen and he escapes the cook and they played the orchestral music in the background, but they eliminated the whole song, but instead they replaced what? it with a brand new song written by Alan Menken um and um Lynn Manuel um um, Lynn Manuel, um, for Eric, Prince Eric had a brand new song, and oh. uh, there was uh, two new songs for Ariel, written by uh, Menken and Lynn Manuel. Um, so, and Halle Berry, Halle Bailey did a phenomenal job, although they recast it. So the original, or, or they reset it, they set it in a different place. So the original film is set in Norway. Um, in Iceland, Norway, they don't really say that, but that's the origin of the original myth or the oh, original fairy yeah, tale. Yeah, yeah. In the live oh, no. action movie, they said it in the Caribbean, uh, Jamaica, Dominican Ooh. Republic. So um, the mermaids, the merfolk, were um, more Hispanic and Jamaican looking, including Ariel, who was played by Halle Bailey, uh, a, a young African American girl, beautiful amazing voice um 
but it got some uh, got some hate from uh, bigoted, racist, misogynistic fanboy basement dwellers who tried to review bomb it. The general public they didn't care; they they just wanted a good story. But this mm-hmm. small portion of fandom tried to ruin it for everybody. Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot of comments about this. Um, before we go to viewer comments, Aubrey, any other thoughts about my love for The Little Mermaid? Thoughts about your love for it? Um, I, I'm I'm inspired that uh, that that you have this um, love for it, and it's kind of renewed my my interest just a little bit in something that I had a. Uh, I mentioned that I bought the soundtrack on CD. It was the first CD uh, that I bought. It was the very first one I bought. The very first CD. Okay. Okay. I mean, I did own this soundtrack. I wasn't going to, I'm not going to lie, but I did not listen to it as much as I did Beauty and the Beast. Um, I won't lie. That's actually my favorite. That's okay. That's okay. Um, So Dave Mattingly says, how could this movie possibly be better than The Emperor's New Groove? Oh, right. Crunk is amazing. All right. I've seen <laughs> The Emperor's New Groove. I don't remember anything memorable about it. Hot take. Um, what? Ryan Permisson says, for me, Aladdin is number one, hands down. Aladdin is a is right up there. The, Very the good three album. Movies, yeah, the three movies that came out, one right after the other, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin. And Aladdin came out when I was um, a sophomore or junior in college. And yes, that is right up there. Top top five, top three, definitely. And um, all three of those movies, by the way, Aubrey, at one point, I had the entire soundtracks memorized for all that, three movies. That I understand. Yeah. I could like word for word the whole Beauty and the Beast movie. Just don't even need to hear it. Just put the movie on and I'll sing it. <laughs> Dave Mattingly says, I was never interested in the movie since it didn't have the original tales seafoam ending. Ooh, yeah, that's fair. You're, yeah, you're a little bit dark, Dave. <laughs> I told you the original fairy tale did not end well. No. And Ryan Permisson says, Tarzan is in my top five now. I know you recently mm-hmm. saw that, Ryan. Was did you see it for the first time? I loved the Tarzan movie, and you know, if you take a deep dive down the Disney connected universe theory, um, mm-hmm. uh, Elsa and Anna's parents in Frozen were headed to their cousin Rapunzel's wedding, yep. and apparently the ship that crashed that got shipwrecked on a junk you know on the jungle coast was elsa and anna's parents who were pregnant with tarzan tarzan is the brother of elsa and anna and the cousin of um rapunzel but there's more did you know that ariel's mom appears in peter pan she is one of the mermaids of mermaid cove oh oh i did not know that so much interconnectivity there's more to that is a lot that is a rabbit hole definitely yeah we'll dive into that some other times um 
Tabby Cat says the original story, like most of those eras, was absolutely brutal. Yes, mm -hmm. it was. Um, the original Little Mermaid movie or fairy tale. Uh, why would anyone think that this would make a good children's musical? And that's what Jeffrey mm -hmm. Katzenberg was thinking. He was like, this is brutal. It's awful. Why do we want to do this? But they, they proved him wrong and it became a cultural phenomenon. So Ryan Permissen lists off a bunch of Disney movies that he loves. Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Jungle Book, Rescuers Down Under, Hunchback of Notre Dame are some of the greats. Okay, so Ryan, Rescuers Down Under was a direct-to-video sequel to the original Rescuers. Rescuers. Rescuers is better. I'm sorry. I yes, love Rescuers it is. Down Under, but Rescuers is better. Yes. Um, and I think in Rescuers Down Under, that's the first time we meet um, Monterey Jack, isn't it? Who became yeah. part of the uh, mm -hmm. uh, Chip and Dale series. Yes, that yeah, is the first he, time. Yeah, he's introduced in that. But yeah, the the first Rescuers movie, Ryan, Bob Newhart, uh, Ava Gabor. I know. Buddy Hackett is in that. Yes, it's unbelievable. It's it's the one. Um, and Tabby Cat says, in the OG, it was like walking on glass and sharp stones the whole time she had legs. Ooh, see? Yeah, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Andrew Milden says, this show gets weirder and weirder. Why? Because I love The Little Mermaid and I know so much about it and so much about the uh, the uh, story and, and the making of it. And you didn't know that I was into Broadway musicals. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to drop a bombshell on everyone. You, you be ready. Don't let me forget, Aubrey. Oh, um, okay. And Willow Schuyler says, the original crazy stalker meme. Oh, Really? Do do we oh. really? I I've heard people say that that you know, mm. you know that Ariel was the stalker chick, and that you know <laughs> the, the the whole scene with you know kiss the girl has predatory predatory vibes. I don't I don't what? feel that at all. Wait wait uh, wait wait. Somebody says something about that. What is, what is what is yeah. that? Yeah yeah. They even they even changed the lyrics of the song for the twenty twenty three movie, um because. You know, the whole, you know, cancel culture. Hey, let's go back 30 years to something that was culturally relevant then and, you know, dissect it and change it because we don't like it now. There's a lyric, and I don't even remember which lyric is. I can't think of what it is that some people consider to be predatory. This is my face. Anyway, are they the same people who say "baby, it's cold outside"? Is a yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have friends like that. Um, um, both sides of the camp, and you know, I like music. That's the camp I'm in. Um. Zentron says, "Thing that always confused me: the scene with Ursula and Ariel. They're underwater. How does Ursula's cauldron, fluids, and potions not just dissipate?" I have I one word. Magic. 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 Just like Trident and his um amazing ability, you know. It's it's and that Tabby, that group. And Tabby Cat even says, LOL Zentron, movie magic. And he says, LOL. Yeah. Uh, the dogs are trying to get into the studio. They're not coming oh. in. Tabby Cat says, true love's first kiss. Mm. 
And Tabby says, Ariel had her own ideas about what she wanted to do with her life and was rebellious because of that. Exactly. That's mm -hmm. why I related to her so much. And uh, Tabby Cat says, Johnny has a good point. It's a universal theme, making one's own path, finding one's own life, um, and becoming what you know you already are, and finding your tribe, she says. And Tabby Cat says, Sebastian said, Sebastian said, teenagers, heh, I think they think they know everything. Give them an inch. And they swim all over you. That was a horrible Jamaican accent. But anyway, uh, Flounder was her ride or die, says Tabby Oh, Cat. yes. Yes. Ride or die. And Tabby <laughs> says, LOL, Johnny, I can just about quote this movie too. Yeah, there was a point years ago I had every word memorized, every song memorized. In my in my older years, I've, I've lost <laughs> some of that. But uh, yeah. Um Willow says oh. the phallic symbols. Oh my gosh. Um, Zentron says Buckaroo Bonsai is also in the library. What? Really? What? I, expand on that. I don't know what that is a reference to. You were saying that the the, the Little Mermaid movie was put down in the records. As oh, 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 uh, in the library corners. Okay. I get it. Okay. Uh, Tabby Cat says, it's okay, LOL. She went outside to play. Oh, okay, her daughter was watching. Yeah. <laughs> was like, we're just... <laughs> and Zedron makes a great point. In the original Cinderella, her sisters oh, cut yes. off their own toes and heels oh, to my fit gosh. into the glass sip slipper. Yeah, that brutal. Was, the first time I read those old, old... It was just... It was, it was frightening. It was frightening to hear Cinderella's story, to hear Ariel's yeah, story. So if you're going to watch these... Or even if you're not a Disney fan and you don't want to watch them, go back and look at the like horror shows of what could have been, <laughs> what we didn't do. But there are some old sci-fi shows that have done like movies about the old ones. So yeah. check those out. And Zentron says, it's a kind of magic. Oh, yeah. Kind okay. of magic. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So I said I was going to drop a bombshell on everyone. Oh, I didn't even have a chance to tell you. Okay, what is it? What is it? Okay, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Aubrey. No, no, I was waiting to ask you. Okay, so every actor and performer has a dream role that they want to play. And I have a couple. I want to play Sky Masterson in Guys and Dolls. I want to play Jean Valjean in Les Mis. But one of my dream roles is to sing in a live stage performance of the Little Mermaid, those poor unfortunate souls. It's sad. It's true. I want to play Ursula. What? Yeah. I mean. I, I've been thinking about producing a production of the stage musical in Nashville just so that I could do that role. That, I think they that would be great. They come to my cauldron crying spells, Othella, please. And do I help them? Yes, I do. Yeah, I would love to play that part. That's You're awesome. welcome. There's so much energy. Thank you, Johnny. We got a performance like that this morning. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, Tabby Cat says musical theater is the bomb. 
I got to see cats live at the Cumberland County Playhouse years ago. So Tabby Cat, you're going to be jealous. I've seen cats on Broadway three times. Love it. Um, And Zentron adds, in the original Sleeping Beauty, The Prince, um, oh, yeah, while she's asleep, Mm -hmm. uh, she ends up pregnant, gives birth to two kids, still asleep, wakes Mm -hmm. up and marries the prince. Yeah. And Tabby Cat agrees that I would make a great Ursula. I want to come see the show. Yeah. So um, I'm thinking about just doing it myself. Um, Because as progressive as theater has become, no one has yet dared to cast a male in that role. Um, Titus Burgess, who played Sebastian on Broadway, he tried to get cast as Ursula. And if you see him perform that song in his cabaret show, you, he should have been, he should have had the role. But anyway. Nice. Nice. I anyway. would make a great Sebastian. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll, 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 we'll work on that. Uh, and uh, Zentron says the originals are really dark. Yeah. The Grimm Brothers fairy tales and the Hans Christian Andersen fairy tales are just, they're horrific. All right. Well, I think we uh, I think we covered this pretty adequately. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are going to be some questions or some f- additional comments that come up. Um, and uh, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook or Twitch or uh, you know X, continue to comment. Oh, I think we just lost Johnny. Yeah, uh, someone tried to call me. They don't know that I'm on air. Hello. It drives me nuts. Are you not watching? <laughs> so um, for those of you who are listening and you're hearing us reference audience comments, you're hearing mm-hmm. us reference breakfast cereal and prizes from the cereal box, and you're like, what? What is, what is this all about? Tune in to the live video every week, uh, Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. You can watch us live and participate in the virtual rec room like Tabby and Willow and Zentron and Dave Mattingly and Drew Milden. Um, You can watch along and see the stuff that we're talking about. You can see like this box of cereal that I'm holding up right now, the Winterfest Fruity Pebbles. You can see the the cool loot that we show off, the games, the toys, the comics. Um, You can see if I can pull off costumes every weekend, every morning, like with no sleep half the time. I don't know how Aubrey does it. She does a cosplay for one of the characters from every property we do every every week. I try. I try. You know what? And and there's the thing, guys. It's, it's Sometimes it's just really out of the closet like we've been before. Just yeah. grabbing and going something. It's it's amazing that you can do it. Um, I, I love it. Now, I always wear either pajamas or, in this case, my Christmas attire. And um, we eat bowls of cereal. We show off new loot from the cereal box, and we just have a great time. And the show is sponsored by our uh, cereal box super friends, and we're going to acknowledge them. They contribute on Patreon. Eli Cash. Eli Cash, Cindy Coep, Sharice Collins, and Dave Mattingly. Yes. Thank you, Patreon and Cereal Boxers. Yeah, you too can have your name in lights at patreon.com slash Podcast. And we are also brought to you by the Tales of the Decoverse series by yours truly. 
the next volume is scheduled to come out any day now. You can get that at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy books. And, of course, we are sponsored by Nightly Spirits. Nightlyspirits.com, promo code JohnP667. This is my haunted tour company. And uh, if you want to come on a scary ghost story tour of Nashville, Christmas time is the perfect time. Because there'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. So uh, anyway, yeah. Um, but become a patron at patreon.com slash Serial Box Podcast and uh, support the show with uh, 2 $3, $5, $10. If you hate the show, contribute even more generously to help us improve. And before we leave, we do have to acknowledge um, one of our partners, um, Comic Books for Kids. Check this out. Comic Books for Kids provides comic books to kids in hospitals and cancer centers across the U.S. It's a place where we can all work together to make sure every child has a comic book. 100% of all proceeds go towards the kids. It's about making a difference, and while they're in the hospital, allowing them to fly like a superhero, battle dragons, or rescue teddy bears. We are in every state in the country and now support over 160 hospitals. Every month, we add more. Visit cb4k.org. That's fantastic. Check them out. Visit us at backofthecerealbox.fun. Uh, follow Aubrey at, uh, what's that Instagram handle, Aubrey? Donnie Even K. Check her out. Follow me on Facebook. Uh, just check out the Prophet of Pop Culture, Johnny Beyond. And until the next time, we're going to leave you with this message from our friends, DL Memphis and the Murdering Crows. Until the next time, love you, me. Happy it. holidays. And we'll catch you on the back of the cereal box. It's like Coca-Cola, Levi's Strap.